So uh, when I had a when I had choice to uh, give an outline of the book of Joel, I thought it might be very easy book by looking at the number of chapters. I thought it has only three chapters, and I thought like I, I, I've also been a little bit lazy to study the book because uh, I thought it's only three chapters. But later on, when I um, went into the book, I I realized that it's not it's not that easy book. I felt like it's a it's like a nuclear bomb. It's it's very tiny, but it has a lot of uh, explosive characteristics in terms of um, in terms of like the biblical terms. So uh, before entering into the book of Joel, um, I would like to say some few words regarding the present situations, like the pandemic, all those things. <clears throat> so people like us, like the Christians, like the believers of Lord. We will be having a lot of questions running in our minds, like why these, uh, why why the situation is happening? What's the purpose of the situations? And I would uh, I would say I would strongly say that the better understanding of the Book of Joel will make you to access to find the answers for all the questions running in your mind. So whoever wants the questions regarding the situations running in our the world. I would suggest to read the book of Joel because book of Joel can also be considered as the book of disasters. It mainly speaks about the um, disasters which have been occurred in the world, in like in the past, and it also uh, emphasizes on the disasters which is going to come in the future. Now, um, so book of Joel was being written by uh, Joel itself. If you see the verse one. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. So Joel is the uh, son of Pethuel, and he is the writer of the book. So the word Joel means Jehovah is my Lord. So that's the um, little bit uh, about Joel, I, I mean, the writer. So um, since it's, it has many things to decode, I may not uh, emphasize and uh, give a detailed explanation on each and everything, but I'll try to bring a brief idea on like a brief outline on this book so um there are three main things uh, in the book of joel one is past future and the eternal and in the past there's a hard situation was being running in the past time like if you see verse um, two hear this you elders and give ear all you inhabitants of the land has anything like this happened in your days or even in the days of your fathers? So I want you to um, put this COVID situation in your mind and read this verse again. Hear this, you elders, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or even in the days of your fathers? And what's the situation? So the writer is um, telling about the situation, what has happened like before. The situation is, uh, the disaster is, what the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. So there are three kind of locust invasion was being happened on the farm. And there's nothing to, uh, there's nothing left in the farms. Everything is gone. Imagine in the olden days, like everyone in the world are trying to make their bread and butter by farming. And if something like a locust invasion happens for the farmers, 
then it's uh, i guess it it is it is one of the biggest disaster for those people in those in that generation so there there is a destruction in the past so let us name this destruction as the cry like just for the understanding purpose in the uh like further i want to show you something so i want to name this situation as cry cr by cry so there is a destruction so so what's the plan of uh, destructions in the world like what's the plan of the god in bringing the destructions into the world god wants and god is trying to make an alarm make an alarm for the people in terms of the destruction so he's uh, trying to um he is giving like a wake up call for the people those who those who those who still uh, are not knowing the lord jesus he wants to acknowledge his actions his actions like this is one of the action this the the virus which has been happening in the world now it's it's one of his action and he wants to uh, recognize his actions and how should we recognize his actions is acknowledging our sins acknowledging our past and uh, how do you acknowledge our sins the acknowledging our sins can be done by turning towards him repenting if you see verse uh, verse 12 in chapter 2 now therefore says the lord turn to me with all your heart with fasting with weeping and with mourning so in the first chapter the writer discussed about the, the like the terrible things what's hap- what what had happened before like before us in the past and in the immediate chapter he is uh, he is emphasizing on on how the lord is going to react when you going to repent so what what's going to happen when you turn around if you see verse number 13 so rend your heart and not your garments return to the lord return to the lord your god for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and he relents from doing harm so this is this is what this is what going to happen when we repent towards him and he wants us to repent because he is gracious and he is slow to anger so this is something which is related to the to the future from the verse uh, from the chapter 1 and chapter 2 till verse 11 those verses speaks about the um about the about the events which are occurred in the past and which are going to occur in the future and from verse 12 to 17 it speaks about the future i like what what's going to happen to us when we repent towards him and the third category is um as i told you there is the three categories in this book the first one is past second one is future and the third one is uh, eternal so um, i told you that the first situation the destruction and devastation happened in the first chapter let us name it as a cry and the second the second the, like the second element which, which i want to let you know is a counsel like the advice which is been given by the lord the advice which is been given by the lord is turning towards him that's the uh, advice by the lord and the third one is the i want i want it to name as a third one is a consolation the consolation which is being given by the lord in a, in in an eternal way 
and what's going in the first chapter knowing knowing acknowledging his actions by by knowing our sins in the second category repenting and turning around him and in third category um what's going to happen when you repent and return towards him there is going to be a deliverance to to us and uh, there is a verse regarding this one if you see if you see a verse in verse 32 chapter 2 and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved for in mount zion and in jerusalem there shall be deliverance as lord he said among the remnant whom the lord calls so uh, this is going to be a response from the god in terms of the restoration to us to the sinners so um i want you to show you some a uh, flow chart so this one is the flow chart hope everyone can able to see so uh the writer is joel and the name of the joel uh, the meaning of the joel is jehovah is my lord and in the first one it's it speaks about the past and there are three categories one is uh, destruction and another one is uh, real, realizing his actions and how do you going to realize the actions is by turning around him so the second category is future turning around and repent third one is the eternal life consolation by the lord jesus and the deliverance given by the lord jesus and the restoration which he is going to promise to us it this is like, this is like a flow chart if you going to if if you do not take action or like if you take an action over here then you will be going to here and next here if you do not take an action over here then there's then there's going to be some other thing coming to coming and that one is it's this it's a flow chart if you do not follow the first step you'll be ending up in this one this is the lord's day which where the writer is emphasizing some of the verses in the book i want you to uh, read those verses in chapter 1 verse 15 it speaks about the lord's day elas for the day for the day of the lord is at hand it shall come as destruction from the almighty and there's one more verse in uh, chapter 2 uh, verse 11 the lord gives voice before his army for his camp is very great for strong is the one who executes his word for the day of the lord is great and very terrible who can endure it so if you see these two categories joel is trying to highlight two things one is what's going to happen if you do not realize in a in a right time you will be you have to face the lord's day which is going to terrible and what's going to happen when you realize your sins and come towards him there is going to be restoration this is a pretty much uh, like a brief idea on the book it's like the, the first three steps if you do not follow the first step then then you will be ending up in this step then it's the lord's day as i told you that there are three things one is um, acknowledging your sins in the first chapter in the second chapter is coming to lord and the ch- th- in the third chapter you shall be saved if you see all these uh, three categories this is one more chart i prepared acknowledging coming towards him and 
you will be saved. If you see all these three ideas, it gives a glimpse like the overall idea of the Bible. It's like it's like a so the book of Joel can also be um, referred as a glimpse of the Bible. If you have to uh, realize in the right time, you have to come towards Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Otherwise, you have to face the Lord's day. And I want to um, highlight some of the um, action words which uh, takes the book more further. In chapter 1, verse 2, first word is here in verse 2. Second one is tell, verse 3. Third one is uh, awake, verse 5. Fourth one is lament, verse 8. And the next one is be ashamed, verse 11. And after that, gird yourselves. Verse 13. And the last one is consecrate. Verse 14. So I'll, I'll repeat the verses. Like the first word of the verses. 2, 3, 5, 8, 11, 13, 14. So these are some of the um, action words. Which was being uh, written by Joel. These action words gives an overall idea of this uh, book of Joel. So that's the uh, brief idea on book of Joel, which I've prepared. So he's, he's writing to the, to the southern kingdom, isn't, isn't he, Nathan? He's writing to the people of Judah. Yes. And those who live in Jerusalem. Hmm. He speaks about them. Um, um, if you have a look at chapter 3, he speaks about turning the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. So verse 1, verse 6, children of Judah and the children of Jerusalem. Verse 8 of chapter 3 as well. Judah is mentioned there. Um, verse 16, Jerusalem. Verse 17, Jerusalem. Um, and this is before the captivity. So he's speaking before the captivity. Isn't he? Yeah. So I think they actually experienced this locust plague that you're talking about, mm. Nathan, that everything got wiped out. They yeah. had experienced this locust plague. All of their crops were done, but they didn't turn to the Lord. Mm. I think a similar thing happens in, in Amos that Sarah is going to be sharing, that he takes away their food but they did not return to the Lord. And then he speaks about what you were saying, what was going to happen in the future, that he was going to bring them into captivity. There was going to be, so what I think you said chapter from chapter 1 until chapter 2, verse 11. Um, yeah, um, I'll, I can able to divide the book into three things. Yeah. So from... Chapter 1 to chapter 2, verse 11. These verses speaks about the um, past and also the future, like the disasters which are going to come in past, which like which those which came in past and which are going to come in future. Yeah. And from verse 12 to 17, chapter 2, it speaks about what's going to happen to us when we turn towards the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's the future. 
And the third one is from chapter 2 verse 18 to chapter 3 verse 21. These verses uh, speaks about the deliverance from the captivity and also deliverance in an eternal way. Yeah. I was just thinking about the destruction, the two destructions. There's a past destruction that you said that's the locust plague, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the future destruction for them was the um, captivity, right? It it can be it can be said as a captivity and also the Lord's day. It, even the Lord's day is, is one of the things yeah. which, which which is going to be disaster in future. Mm. So um, the verses about Lord's day is from chapter one, verse fifteen, and verse eleven from chapter two. Uh, I think it's just it's really interesting how. There's obviously an actual locust plague that um, destroyed their crops, but then from verse three in chapter two, there's another disaster that's coming upon them. He's introducing it as the day of the Lord, and I think it's you're absolutely right that that's a day to come in future. There's an application of it in the Babylonians coming and taking them away. You know, a fire devoureth before them and behind them a flame. That's verse three. The appearance of them is like horses; as horsemen they run. Um, noise of chariots on the tops of the mountains, and it's sort of like an army of locusts, but not locusts, like an actual army running over the land. Um, so he says, "Well, you've experienced this locust plague of actual locusts eating up your crops. There's going to be this huge army that I'm going to bring in, just like locusts, and it's going to be like the Garden of Eden in front of them." And then behind them, it's going to be desolate wilderness. They'll come in and they'll sweep through, and you'll be left with desolate wilderness. And I think that has—he's uh, speaking about the Babylonian captivity, but then obviously there's future application of that in the day of the Lord that will come in a coming day. When we think of the day of the Lord, are yeah. we thinking of the? Tribulation, like the day of the Lord, is like a day, or it's like the seven years, or what do we think when we say the day of the Lord? Um, so, I think we've we've briefly discussed this um, that the day of the Lord is not just a day; it's not a single day. It's a day that spans um, a long period of time. And it's not just the tribulation; it's also right to the end of the millennium. So it goes from at some point in the tribulation. I don't know if it's the start of the tribulation or from when the judgments of God start coming upon the earth in the middle of the tribulation, but it's sometime in the tribulation until the end of the millennium. And the day of the Lord is characterized by two things: judgment and blessing. Judgment in um, it's a day of thick darkness. I think that's in chapter two, verse one and verse, two. Yeah, two. For the day of Jehovah cometh, for it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and gross darkness, as the dawn spread on the mountains. And the verses that Nathan's already shared about the day of the Lord: judgment. Go to chapter three, 
the day of the Lord in the Valley of Decision, verse 14. He keeps talking about that until verse 18, and it says, And it shall come to pass in that day, uh, still under the day of the Lord, that the mountains shall drop new wine, and the hills shall flow with milk, and the watercourses of Judah shall flow with waters, and a fountain shall come forth from the house of Jehovah, and shall water the valley of Shittim. Um, you've got blessing. You've got um, Jehovah coming and restoring the land. That's also connected with the day of the Lord. So it's a day that has two sides to it, judgment for the wicked, blessing for the righteous. And I think we had that in Malachi as well in our recent study. Those two things come up. And in most of the prophets that speak of the day of the Lord, they have both aspects of the day of the Lord. Uh, I think, Michael, also um, it was mentioned in Second uh, Thessalonians, um, if we read it together, chapter 2, we know that this, this epistle speaks about the day of the Lord. Now we beg you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, not troubled, neither in, by spirit nor by word, nor by letter, as if it were by us. As that the day of, I think in, in some tra translations says day of Christ, or uh, but but I think the accurate translation of this as that the day of the Lord is present. Let not anyone deceive you in any manner, because it will not be unless the apostasy have first come, and the man of sin have been revealed, the son of perdition. We know that of. When, if, we, if we connect this to the prophecy of Daniel, we understand this man of sin sits in the throne um, in, in the temple and declaring himself that he's God. That's going to happen in the middle midst of the week, which is the, the three and a half years. So the week is a week of years. So seven years, three and a half years. And after that, like the, the prophecy of Daniel says that this man will come. And this is, um, uh, he's going to declare himself like he uh, accept worship to himself. And this is going to happen, according to Paul here, the day of the Lord will not start unless, until this man declare himself that he's, he's, uh, he's God and he's worshipped. So the day of the Lord literally starts in the middle of the week. Well, um, um, this, um, some commentators say that and, um, and expands, as Michael mentioned, till the end of the millennium. Uh, we we also know like uh, there's many days mentioned in the scripture like the the day of grace and and the day of the day of man um, and and there are other things but probably need a conference. 